0: You're listening to the Build Shapes Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. Spring sports are here, and we've got them covered as well on Midco SN. Join us Saturday, April seventeenth, and Sunday, April eighteenth, at noon and two p.m. for live coverage of UND softball as the Fighting Hawks host South Dakota State from a follow field in Grand Forks. It's all on Midco SN. This is how we do sports, and this is the Build Shapes Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Bill Shaves Podcast. We are recording on a Tuesday morning, April the thirteenth, along with Bill Shaves, University of North Dakota Athletics Director. I'm Alex Seinert. Bill, how are you? What's going on?
1: I'm doing great, doing great. How about you? I, you know, I really do appreciate what Midco does for the region in regards to uh, covering games. I mean, uh, coming up doing softball games, and I just want to say thank you. I mean, it's 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 uh, it's it goes uh, maybe sometimes. Uh, we don't appreciate it enough. And so I just wanted to say thanks.
0: No, it's it's going to be fun. We're looking forward to, hopefully, a double-double header against South Dakota State. Obviously, as we pod, softball was supposed to be in action taken on Mayville today that, you know— the spring and air quotes weather doesn't always <laughs> doesn't always go according to plan, but this weekend looks like it's going to be nice in the 50s, at least and sunny. So we're excited for those games and to continue this softball season as it goes. We're doing the softball championships for the Summit League in Fargo come May, and doing some Summit League baseball as well. And and, and spring sports are just fun. We don't get to cover them a lot, but they've been fun when we get to dip our toe into a little bit.
1: Yeah, hopefully the uh, the field will be okay. I think uh, you know as we. Uh, know that, given the fact that there's been such uh, little precipitation that you know the field actually probably could use it to some degree. So hopefully mm. we'll be okay uh, with the white stuff on the ground today, but that hopefully should dissipate here in the next day or so, and should be okay for us to play this weekend.
0: Yeah, that's not going to last. We're going to be just fine. It's going <laughs> to. It's all going to burn off, Bill. It's all going to burn off. Love it. Uh, a lot of different things going on right now in UND athletics. Again, with some sports closing out their seasons, others resuming their seasons after a long pause. Let's maybe start there because football, it feels like we've just kind of forgotten that there's a football season going on. It's been almost a full month since Bubba Schweigert and the guys were on the field. They've had to postpone and and have no contests. and, And for... A lot of different reasons, but they're finally ready to resume play this weekend at Youngstown State, a big game at 11 o'clock with the Missouri Valley Football Conference title on the line.
1: Yeah, a few things happened right obviously you know we had the COVID issue to some degree that that knocked us uh, you know for a loop a little bit and then uh, and then Illinois State opting out and so so it just uh, you know it gave us a, a few weeks off and you're right we're gonna be like 30 days between games and it almost feels like uh, now, it's going to be like three seasons yeah. in, in the calendar year of 21. It's kind of like we started this thing, took a break. And now, you know, if we're fortunate enough to, uh, to make the postseason, and, you know, a lot will determine on the outcome, I think on Saturday. And, mm-hmm. you know, if we're not, uh, um, successful on Saturday, I still think we have a shot to get into the postseason. So it just, you know, it, so you might have like that second season and then all of a sudden, then you're, uh, then you're going into a quick summer Heading to the fall season, so it's uh it's interesting for sure. Well, we'll remember this football year.
0: <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we remember it for the right reasons. You know, with the big win this weekend, you remember as your first year in the valley, and you win a conference title, and you make the postseason, and maybe have this great run. It, essentially, like there are five possible games left, right? If I'm doing my math correctly for this for this team, and if you you, you win the regular season, you get a chance to play this round of 16 game in the playoffs and maybe UND would be hosting that game and there's just so much excitement you know over the next couple of months that that could be there for this team and and talking to the guys and hearing from Bubba yesterday in the press conference you can tell I mean they've, they've been eagerly awaiting the chance to get back on the field they're excited for the opportunity and they think they've used this last month off but not really off to their benefit to be ready to go for this stretch run.
1: Yeah, you've got to be, uh, you know, you got to use every situation to your advantage as best as you can. I mean, you can go the other way and say that, you know, we, we've been off and, and maybe there'll be some rust and and, and Youngstown's been playing. So, uh, you know, obviously um, it, it really is the tale of, of two teams in a sense that have done it differently over the last several weeks. And so I don't know. I Yeah, it, it'll be um, interesting. I think the way it's played out now with Missouri State having won last week. And uh, if we're four, fortunate enough uh, to win on Saturday, we can get a share of the title, even if the Bison, so to speak won and they had more wins than us. It's going to go back to losses, if you will. But the AQ, the automatic qualifier, I I think is not within our grasp at this point in time. I think we lose every tie break at this stage of the game. So the only thing we can control Alex is go to Youngstown and play well. I mean, have a great week of practice, go play well. And then, see what transpires from there.
0: If UND wins, or even if they lose, like you said, they'll find out their postseason fate on the selection show at 10.30 a.m. on Sunday, so the following day on April the 18th. We'll be keeping our fingers crossed for good things there. But again, a victory, and you would sure think at 5-1 and one with North Dakota's resume, they would be a lock to be in and, and possibly hosting a, a first-round playoff game in the FCS playoffs.
1: Yeah, no question. Uh, ESPNU on uh, ESPNU, 10-30? yes, sorry, I didn't think mention so. that. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I would agree with you with everything that you're saying. So, uh, I... Uh, Don't have much to add. I I think it's going to it's going to end up no different than what the uh, the hockey committee had to do this year. You know, they're going to have to try to wrangle, you know, a field of 16 with not a lot of crossover. Uh, action. And that becomes always difficult. And obviously, in the FCS, you know, we're not we don't have the luxury of the pairwise in a normal season, because there's just not enough, not enough uh, quantity of games, right? There's not enough sample size to, to, to make that happen. But, but at least when you do have a quote, unquote, normal year, you do have the crossover games that occur. And those those become, you know, huge. And that's why you're always a fan of your own conference when they're playing non conference games.
0: Now, in the normal FCS playoffs, and which we'll get back to in the fall here, the fall of 2021, you'd have 24 teams who would be eligible. This season, again, they've reduced that number to 16, which means there are only six, correct, six at-large bids when you yeah. take out the, the 10 automatic qualifiers?
1: There was 11, and then the MIAC, I don't think, has uh, – there was a uh, – you had to play everybody that um, – had the ability to qualify in your conference and they had some postponements. So that's mm-hmm. not happening. So we're back to 10 automatics and six at larges.
0: Yeah. So that's the number that's at stake. So UND trying to again, it's <laughs> there's not a lot of teams that are going to make the postseason field, but again, playing in the best conference in the country with the victories over top 25 teams that UND has, you like their chances, especially with the win here this weekend's at yeah. standby stadium.
1: The championships went to 24, Boy, I can't remember. Maybe back in 11 or something like that. Somewhere in that range, I think. It's been about 10 years anyways. And so it used to be 16 and you just started and away you go, right? 16, 8, 4, 2. And so uh, campus sites for the first three rounds and uh, Frisco for the, Mm -hmm. uh, for the final still. So, uh, no, we're excited. Uh, I I think the guys are just excited to get back into game week. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, you could easily say, well, you've had a long time to prepare for Youngstown. Well, I, 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 think, you know, in talking with Bubba and I don't know what you all said in the, in the presser this week, but you know, I, I think you prepare for them just like you do a normal week. And, uh, and then I, I think you work on yourself. I think that that's what you do. I think, I think you prepare to get better yourself because there's only so much you can all put into this. And then sometimes you could be overthinking the room. I mean, I, I mean, I think you want to go in with a game plan on how you're going to, you know, approach various aspects of the game. But, you know, we were able to use at least the last couple of weeks for the, for our student athletes that, you know, were not in in the COVID situation that they could at least work out, get better, continue to rehab and work on, uh, you know, Personable, personal, personal, uh, I guess, betterment, if you will, in individual uh, uh, abilities. And then also, honestly, Alex, the classroom, right? Yeah. I mean, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, I mean, it really gives you an opportunity because if we can make a run, so to speak, then you're gonna still be, you know, have issues uh, going into finals. And so we, you know, think about that. So so we've got to think in those terms as well. So it gave uh, gave them an opportunity to do that as well.
0: So again, if UND makes the playoffs and they make a run, yeah, Sunday, May 16th would be the national title game in Frisco. Yeah, you're, you're basically spanning the entirety of the spring semester <laughs> playing football. What a year, Bill. What a year we've had. Unbelievable.
1: It, it, yep, it's hard to describe. Um, and I think I go back to our locker rooms. And it's our locker rooms, they want to play. They want to play you know so so there's folks out there potentially you know it's their job to to write about things to talk about things and we appreciate actually that conversation um but I think for folks that are in chairs like me, it's pretty simple. Like, you know, do do the programs want to play during this time frame? And it's for us, it's been a resounding yes. Yes, we want to play. And we were actually disappointed that, you know, we weren't able to play the last couple of weeks, but that's the way, um, that's the way, uh, you know, the cards were dealt to us. And so we're moving forward, thinking about it as positive as, uh, as we can. And uh, we'll go to Youngstown and uh, should be a, should be a fun game on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I will say just one last thought on football. And this, this brings up an interesting point when you talk about the the team wanting to play, the locker room wanting to be all in. There have been cases that we've seen this year where teams wanted to play, but they just couldn't, the opponents all dropped out. And we, we've seen that in the Valley and across the country. And, and there have been some pretty strong statements from various coaches saying, look, we committed to doing this. And it's really disappointing that some of these teams have dropped out. And everybody has their own reasoning to do this. But it goes back to, again, UND's, you know, desire to continue and to pursue this season is certainly admirable, and it's been great to see that. There's also been a little bit of luck involved as well with the fact that UND's been able to play opponents that also want to play and continue going on forward. So it's, I don't know, I, I think sometimes it's easy to sort of point the finger at some of these teams for dropping out. And it's just just hard to know what's going on in their room and what's happening with injuries and everything else that's going on within the administration. And to be thankful that Youngstown State does want to play a game this weekend, that we did get five previous games before this in, and that there still is the opportunity now to continue this season moving forward. Instead of looking at one way, let's look at it the other way. Let's be be grateful that there still is the opportunity coming forward.
1: I would agree with that, Alex. I I think going into this, given the, you know, that we're still in this pandemic and you don't know how the virus is going to hit a team like football, where you've got position groups that yeah. that for sure, you need certain amount of, uh, of, uh, players in those groupings. And if you don't, it's hard to play that sport. I mean, it's just, you know, you just can't move someone in as we've talked about before into a certain, uh, position group. It just doesn't work that way. So I don't know. I, I don't, I I stayed pretty focused on our situation and, you know, whatever happens to us, you know, we're just being really straight up with folks as far as, you know, what we think, uh, you know, we can do, but, but we've always come back with the thought process. If we can play and we can do it in a manner that, that makes sense. We want to do it for sure. And, you know, like I said, you know, we, we said this before, but we might as well say it again, you know, Uh, basketball's a little bit different than football. You know, each sport has its own nuance to it. And so, you know, you can go play a basketball game with five. Now, it might not be maybe the ones that you're hoping that you have on your bench, but you can still go play the game. Um, Football, not so much.
0: (laughs) Well, we're excited that Everybody's back in the fold and that they'll get the opportunity to play this weekend. 11 o'clock, Youngstown State, huge game. ESPN Plus, North Dakota taking on the Penguins. Football trying to continue their season and keep their hopes alive for the postseason. We did see women's soccer season come to a close this past weekend. Chris Logan's team needed a sweep of South Dakota to make the top four and make the Summit League championships the tournament again only four making it this year uh they came up just a little bit short against the south dakota team that really caught fire offensively over the weekend so north dakota ends up five and nine on the year still a really good season though for chris logan and the girls
1: yeah i you know i i kind of put um a couple of other fall sports into an uh you know a scenario where they were able to have a spring like no other where they're able to really get a feel for what they have on their roster. And yeah, if you're having a great year and you make the summit league tournament and you make a run, I think that's awesome. Obviously that's what we're all looking to do. Um, But, you know, I'll put even Jeremiah and Chris in the same boat. He really got an evaluation in real time with real matches to figure out and assess where you might be. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, Uh, you know, so now it ends and boom, you've kind of figure out, you know, how do you finish out this academic year as strong as possible? And you're heading right into the summer, which then you're heading right into your, your, uh, in for soccer, right? They're always the first one out of the gate in somewhere mid August anyways. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, a half a second later, they're going to be playing their next season. So, uh, so they just, uh, you know, I think they're, they were excited about playing as well. It was awesome. We were able to play at home. I mean, I'm still (laughs) blown away by that, honestly. But uh, but we did in our our maintenance crew, our, our facilities folks, our operations staff all did an awesome job to make that happen. And so uh, so that was exciting. And, you know, you know, truly, Alex, when it's all said and done, you don't want to go two years without playing. I mean, that seems like an eternity. I mean, think about it. Right. And so if you're 20 years old, that's 10 percent of your life that that has not you know you haven't played the sport that that's all you've done probably since you were you know five or six years old
0: when you think of it that way yeah unbelievable that it would have been that long you know in between if you don't play here in the spring and and again the, the, the ladies made the most of it and again as you said kudos to the ground crew you got eight games in at Bronson Field this year, incredible stuff to be able to play. And they, they were successful there with a handful of wins on home turf. So a lot of good things happening with that program to build on as they move forward into this fall season, which like you said, will be coming up right around the corner. Uh, softball, a sp- uh, spring sport playing in the spring, a novel concept. Um, coming up a split of Western Illinois. Speaking of home games, again, they were home this past week. They're, they'll be home again coming up this next week. They're five and seven right now in the summit. Talk about Jordan Stevens and the group that they've got going on right now.
1: Yeah. So when you said that about a spring sport play in the spring, I was thinking of maybe a conference that has like a number at the end of their is it the right number? Right. I mean, that's, that (laughs) seems to be an upset too. uh, If that's the case. Yeah. I, I, I went over to uh, you know uh, our tennis matches and kind of was uh, kind of uh, bopping between tennis and soccer and softball this weekend. And uh, it was kind of interesting weekend for softball. Uh, It kind of, it was a, it it, it, it felt like the same. It was kind of a wash rinse repeat scenario Mm -hmm. where uh, Western, you know, got us in the first game and then we came back and uh, did a good job to, to split things up but uh yeah i I think more to come right like at this stage we're um um hard to tell we're in the mix for sure a lot of games to still be played if uh if you do have a chance to come out this weekend i would i would encourage it you know the one thing about softball and and just broadly speaking is that it's it's crisp it, it moves and yeah. um, you know if you're looking to come out and, and have your uh, uh, family come out it's a really good uh, atmosphere and uh, you know we had a great crowds this weekend so kudos to the folks that did come out and uh, it was awesome weather and uh, they were great games
0: a lot of low scoring games this past weekend all like you know the, if you got to three you were going to win the game so yes. good good pitching duel and that bodes well for North Dakota in the circle moving forward they'll have to be good on the hill coming up against the South Dakota State team that has been on an unbelievable tear. I don't know how many games in a row they've won, but they've been, I remember a couple of years ago when we did live softball between UND, it happened to be South Dakota State is the opponent. And it was a similar story. UND was kind of top, top third of the league and SDSU was sort of at the tippy top of the league at that point. And UND took a couple of games off the Jackrabbits. And I think that's gotta be what the mindset is coming into this weekend. Can you stop this team that is just on an incredible run?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I, you know, it, it, you know, we have options in the circle for sure. So I will, uh, I'll be interested to see. Uh, but we know we're uh, we're facing a really, really uh, good team, and so uh, should uh, should be exciting for our our our, uh, our team to to have that opportunity. Hey, that's uh, why you do it. I mean, are yeah. you kidding me? Like, let's go.
0: <laughs> Games are at noon and two o'clock on both Saturday and Sunday out at Apollo, track and field in action this weekend down in vermilion a friday saturday meet top 10 top 10 finishes at that usd invite they're starting to ramp up here outdoor season with a couple of meets on the way in the coming weeks it's fun to see kids running track throwing stuff jumping over things it's fun
1: this is great especially in an olympic year you gotta love it yeah i think it's great i mean all heading towards obviously the uh, summit league championship so that's awesome and then uh um and then probably the, if I flip it, if, if you just went to tennis, I just want to congratulate Tom Wynn. And, uh, mm. you know, we, we were able to recognize uh, Coach Wynn, who's going to retire at the end of the year after 30 years at the helm. And it was kind of broken up a little bit, too. If you look back in his bio, it's, 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 it's really aft, over it, – in more than 30 years, but at the end of the day, it, it ended up becoming 30. And just, uh, that was exciting. Played a, a really good Denver program that came in and Denver's really good on both sides. And, uh, you know, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, I, again, I, I, Again, I feel like I'm a, um, a cheerleader spokesperson telling people to come out. But if you have a chance to ever come see our tennis team uh, play at Choice, it is awesome. It really is. Got a new scoreboard there, um, and it just uh, you can come in and really you get a flavor of what's going on because everything's right in front of you. I mean, you're above it and you're able to see all six courts at once. It's it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, very cool stuff. Unfortunately, the tennis home portion of the season is now in the books, but a couple couple of weekends left for both the men and the women. The men, by the way, are 10 and 5. They're having a great season. The women right around 500 as they both near the end of their regular season here on the tennis side. Men's and women's golf also in action. Actually, today, the men and women down in Omaha today and tomorrow, it's all leading up to Summit Championships coming up. The women at the end of April and then the men that first weekend of May, just right around the corner
1: all happen and I was into Eric Martinson's office and operationally he's just trying to make sure that we have everything covered right and so mm-hmm. but I was looking at his whiteboard yesterday and after this weekend there was a lot of erasures I mean <laughs> off of it there's not a whole lot left for the spring at this point but uh, I know those programs are excited about uh, the championships and uh, I'm actually excited to see where they those two teams uh, finish this year as well
0: yeah championship season those championships by the way will be down in Newton Kansas So you think good weather probably on the way for the men and women's golf teams as they get ready to buy for some of the championships. And then one other note, as we kind of finish up the rundown hockey season, of course, came to an end for UND two weeks ago. Frozen four was this past weekend with UMass getting the victory out in Pittsburgh is Bill heaves a sigh of relief. So uh, NCHC couldn't quite make it five in a row. St. Cloud State coming up short in the title game as, as UMass beats both Duluth and St. Cloud on their way to a championship. Great season, though, again, for the league to get two teams in the Frozen Four. And then for, for North Dakota as well, by the way, great season in the offseason now for some of our alums and guys that have now moved on from the program. Eight different players have signed pro deals. Matt Kierstead's already playing big minutes down in Florida. Shane Pinso and Jacob Bernard-Docker have been in quarantine for the last seven days in Ottawa. They're getting set to make their NHL debuts probably tomorrow night on Wednesday. And um, Jordan Kawaguchi scoring a goal in his first AHL game uh, with the Dallas affiliate. It's been cool to see these guys go on now and live out their dreams after North Dakota's season wrapped up a couple of weeks ago.
1: Completely, uh, Alex. You know, so Coach Barry and I have had a lot of conversations just trying to figure out, you know, the natural progression of what happens with a program. And and certainly when you have success, especially over the last two years that this group has had, um, you're going to have opportunities and you're just really excited for him to tell you the truth. You know, obviously the pendulum swings both ways and probably at some other point, maybe when we're, uh, I don't know, feel as if the roster is somewhat set to some degree, we can talk about, you know, maybe the, I'll call them the incomings at, at some stage of the game. But, um, but I think at this point in this pod, maybe we celebrate the outgoings and yeah. the outgoings mm-hmm. are the ones that were tremendous over the last couple of years. And number 1 overall seed in my opinion probably last year as well maybe cornell i don't know but at the end of the day i i, I would uh, i i think it was going to be either us or them and then uh and then again the number 1 overall seed again this year and i that that's just to me that's because it's the body of work over a long season and then uh and then you go into uh this uh you know just this one and done little sprint and uh you know it, it, it you know sometimes you know the sprint doesn't go your way, but I think I'd say the marathon over the last couple of years has been incredibly impressive. And and with those with those guys now they get a chance to to continue to play for as long as they can.
0: To me, this Frozen Four and this NCAA tournament, maybe for the first time, maybe question a little bit the format of how we do things. Maybe it's just because we got to see North Dakota day in, day out for the last two seasons and had strong confidence that like, that's the best team in the country. And for it to sort of just come down to a, a one-off game and in hockey and a low scoring game, you know, the best team's not always necessarily going to win. It makes me feel like, gosh, do we need to go to a, a actual playoff format where you, I, I, I'm not saying I'm not advocating for this, but if you want to truly have the best team win the whole thing, maybe a best of three wouldn't be the worst idea moving forward. again, it just It's the first time I've really felt like, man, this sucks. <laughs> the best team didn't win. No offense to UMass, who's a great team.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'd say, you know, and again, you you, you, absolutely, I mean, absolutely you can have your opinion on how this rolls. I just feel like um, a couple things. One, I'm a little disappointed that – we maybe, if you're if you're looking back going into this tournament, that maybe we didn't think through more about how to protect the top seeds. Um, and again, completely selfish at this point in time. But I, I, if anyone knows me, I would say the same thing. I, I try to be. If I, if you look back in my career, I'm pretty consistent about not being just an advocate for, for, I'll call it the, the, the school that I work for or, yeah. or where I'm at. I, I try to be like really logical about what's in the best interest of the tournament and, and how it moves forward. And, you know, if, if the way it played out, if hindsight was 2020, the question would have been if someone had to tap out at a regional, would you have protected the top seed in that region? I don't know. You know, I mean, it's it's water under the bridge right now. I mean, it's not much you can do. But when you do get a potential walkover at some stage, you know, uh, there is – it's it's no different than a tennis match, right? You're in Wimbledon. I mean, it's a lot different if I play you and I go to a five-setter to some degree or even a four-set, and then the other person doesn't have to play. You know, it doesn't – and that's just the way it turned out. I yeah. mean, and and again, uh, all, all the – uh you know, all the kudos go to UMass and St. Cloud and Duluth for making the the Frozen Four and certainly Mankato as well. Um, it just, uh, yeah, it does. It, it does have a little bitter taste in your mouth. I mean, it does. It, it felt like this group and, and we are completely tainted in this regard. It, <laughs> it felt like this group deserved better, earned better. Yeah. But You know, that's just, you know, here and it's kind of why we're in this thing. Uh, You know, you, you, you know, you're alive when you have these emotions, which I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. So, and the other thing is I said at the last pod and I, and I won't let this go is I do believe we need a day between semis and finals in the regionals that Mm -hmm. I do believe is a somewhat easy, simple fix that we should do.
0: Yeah, because like you said, you want to have as even a playing field as possible, you know, for both teams. And you don't want to handicap a team, whether they're the top seed or not, based on what happens in the first round of a tournament. Whether it was like this year, a team having a pass to the regional championship game or a team who has to play multiple overtimes. I just think that makes sense. That's that's an easy, logical thing that you could do that doesn't mess up the format, doesn't really change a lot, really. You're just having two teams stay an extra day in a certain site essentially. That's really all that it does, correct? I mean, what, what else yeah, hurdles yeah. Am, I, am I missing here? No,
1: no, I think you're right. And and I think, um, you know, and hopefully we'll never have a situation like this occur again. But you know, you never know. I mean, this just in, this virus is going to stay here for a bit it, it, as far as in a variant mode. And hopefully we're going to be able to protect ourselves. And, and it becomes more of a flu situation literally now moving forward. Whereas if you have a couple uh, maybe guys with the the flu if you will you're still going to play yeah. um mm-hmm. but but i was not not a proponent you know once the tournament had already been set up and moving you don't move things midstream either like that was the rules of engagement going on and we just got you know it was just unlucky i mean I, that we were just unlucky i mean yeah. and and i i wasn't a proponent even in real time at that point To be saying, well, we should alter, you know, that and the top seed should get the the, the benefit and, you know, potentially, let's just say Duluth should play AIC. I I was not a proponent of that because that's not what the rules of engagement were going in.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's at that point, the die had been cast. You couldn't you couldn't change on Friday morning and say, oh, you know what? Actually, you're going to play this team. And you and you guys get the buy, but like you said, looking looking ahead, you can make those changes so everybody knows what to expect going in, and maybe do so in a better way that protects some of those teams. But again, that's a sorry to take us down this path. You said that word in there; it just felt like this team deserved better. And when you know the guys on the team on the staff so well, know how good they are, know how hard they worked. It was such a special team. You just felt like, even though they did get the opportunity at least to play in the tournament this year, it still felt like the deck was stacked against them a little bit just based on a couple of things. And, and now, you know, now this team, and, and you alluded to it, now this team has to rebuild with some of these guys leaving for the NHL a little bit early and this great group of seniors that's moving on. And I think we all have the utmost confidence that the team that's on the ice next year is going to be incredibly competitive and really fun to watch and is going to be one of the best teams in the country once again, even if they're going to have to turn over essentially half of their roster from this group that has been so good the last two years.
1: Yeah, a little exciting too right? I mean, it Mm -hmm. gives you, uh, you know, uh, I I think there's an excitement to that. And uh, we know we're going to, we know our staff is going to bring in, you know, tremendous uh, players. And so, so that'll be uh, fun to watch. And, you know, we're trying to work through uh, some of the scheduling that uh, got you know, created, uh, you know, some issues per se because of the COVID piece, right? With non-conference. So we're just kind of cleaning all that up, Alex, at some point in time, because there was some thoughts of, you know, well, do you kind of there's a couple different ways you could do it right okay. do you play the teams number one okay yes the answer is yes do you kind of if you're in a multi-year where do you put the games and you know you want to kind of balance out uh homes and aways and so so we're kind of still working through a little bit of that so more to come on that but uh we I, I would say we're closer than not to really uh figuring all of that out
0: yeah, a lot of moving parts. And again, the schedule that was going to be in place if, if we would have had a non-conference season was really exciting with a lot of great teams on that schedule. We do know for sure that North Dakota will be playing Penn State in Nashville at the end of October, which is very exciting. So some of those things are already in place, plus a great NCHC schedule on the way, but we're, it, it'll be fun when that schedule gets released. Again, a lot, a lot of ho- hockey's a long ways off. We still have a lot of stuff to get through between then or between now, sorry, and October. But uh, again, even though this UND team is going to look different next season, it is still going to be a great, great year for 2021-22, the 20th anniversary season of the Ralph. A lot of fun stuff on the way coming up for UND hockey.
1: Yeah, twentieth season, nineteen eighty-two championship team as well. And so mm. that'll be uh that'll be exciting. And you know, we were able to uh, you know, bring back our, our first two championship teams uh in recent years. And so now uh we'll we'll be able to do that as well. So that'll be exciting. And uh yeah, I, I just, you know, let's hope, Alex, let's let's knock on something here and just hope that we're a little bit back to more normal let's just say than than what we had to uh, kind of endure this year but you know i still am you know excited that we were able to kind of play seasons because i thought that was huge for for many of us both in the in this profession i think for our communities um those are you know uh, big deals because there's a again a level of normalcy
0: yeah, amen. I mean, that competition word that you come back to, and that normal C word that we've talked a lot about on this pod. Both of those, to some extent, were achieved because of the efforts of the student athletes to protect themselves from this, from the training staff, the medical professionals, the administration, the conference. It was it was great to see again across sports that we were able to get college sports back and to have them go off, maybe a little start stop at times, but to still come to a conclusion in a lot of cases. Almost seamlessly, really, and that's I think we take that for granted as well that we were able to get as many games in as many competitions in as many championships in as we were able to, and that we still have a couple more to go here this spring,
1: yeah, and partners such as yourself and our sponsors and and, and many that made these things happen, uh you know just because just if you reverse back right twelve months, that was an awful feeling, like just it yeah. just got all of a sudden it felt like the world just stopped because it literally did. Right. And then we didn't know, you know, all of a sudden now you're, you know, you, things are shuttered and, and you're just, uh, you know, you're kind of in place somewhere and you just didn't even know like what's going to happen the next week, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, to get, to, to get to the end, um, and it, it, it is satisfying in that regard. And I do, I do appreciate everyone that, uh, that provided that opportunity.
0: Yeah, great job all around this this entire fall, winter, and spring to get here. And obviously a lot of teams still with much to play for. So we'll be watching football, softball, track and field, golf, tennis, et cetera, as they wrap up their spring seasons. Going to be a fun couple weeks ahead for UND Athletics. Uh, Bill, anything else on your mind from an A-side position before we flip over for a quick B-side?
1: I think we're good. I think we're good. No, I I think uh, maybe a quick B-side and, uh, and then we're off.
0: Yeah, so I've got two topics for our B-side today. The first the outstanding play of the AL East leading Boston Red Sox, Bill Chase. We got hammered those first three games to Baltimore, and there was a bit of a feeling perhaps of, oh, boy, well, here we, here we go again. And now they've won six straight. And J.D. Martinez looks like the J.D. from a couple of years ago, and the pitching has been okay. What are your thoughts on the early returns from this Red Sox season?
1: I was able to um, chat with Alec Johnson yesterday, and that was fun. <laughs> because um I don't even remember the last time the Red Sox beat the Rays, so uh, it was nice uh nice to be able to uh Oh, just kind of debrief a little bit, that three game series <laughs> he wanted out of that conversation pretty quick. So, uh, he was, re- he was ready to talk about his series with the Yankees, I think where they took two of three. So, so he, he turned the page pretty quick. Um, I don't know. I, I thought this team was going to be uh, spunky this year. And so I think that's what they're going to be. And, uh, you know, they're very versatile and, uh, I don't know. I, 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 you know, I, I think we're still doing the pl- expanded playoffs, Alex.
0: I I believe so this year. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm.
1: Hmm. So, you know what I haven't dialed in, I'll be honest with you, in uh, confessions of the B-side, I guess, is (laughs) what are the rules? We're not doing the DH across the board. I think the National League's pitching again. We're actually literally putting people on second base in extra innings. That's actually happening.
0: Once you get to the 10th, yep, you get a courtesy runner at second. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: Got it. Um. There's just some things like expanded playoffs. I guess yeah. I have to look that over. I, I knew the Red Sox had no chance of that last year. So, uh, so I think that's, that's <laughs> a thing, right? So yeah. I don't know. The, the one thing that I do believe should happen, and I, I do know they're doing this in the minor leagues, I think since 2015, uh, they really do need a pitch clock.
0: Hmm. They do. Games are long.
1: They need a pitch clock. 20, 20 seconds, whatever it is, 15 seconds. Alex. If you can't get it off at that point, it's a ball.
0: I feel like if they do it like tennis does, where you've got so much time in the serve, you know, you got to get back to position and, and get your serve in at a certain time. But it also isn't like a, a shot clock in basketball where there's a buzzer that sounds and you turn the ball over if you don't get it off. Don't you feel like in tennis, they have the clock, but it's sort of like a guideline. And if it gets to zero and you're getting ready to serve, the referee won't dock you a point or call sure. up, call an infraction. It's sure. like you're, if if you if you abuse that rule, you will start to be penalized. I feel like baseball should be the same way.
1: Hey, I'll I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm good with any of that. And even quite frankly, maybe you get one one warning or two warnings or whatever. But I I, I don't care what it is. I I just think what it, I think the concept of just moving pace along. Makes sense. And I think, you know, getting your inner out of the batter's box too. like those are, to me, simple fixes. I I, don't you think
0: it makes right now the way the game is played. It's really tough to watch when it's four hours long and you've got because, again, part of it is there are so many pitching changes and those are naturally just stoppages that take a long time. And then when you add in all the little, the little things like that you're saying, little fixes that could make a big difference just to keep the action going. I think that would help draw in younger fans and keep older, maybe older fans like us a little more engaged that just don't happen to have four hours or so on a random Tuesday night to watch a baseball game.
1: They've got the pitch clock in the minors, I think. So mm. so a lot of these pitchers are used to it coming up. Explain this to me. So we're playing um Minnesota Duluth and we're in the middle of a of a game. I know where you're going with this. And a guy comes off the bench and plays arguably one of the most important positions in sport. And he's ready to go like in a second. <laughs> the other guy is in the bullpen having thrown let's just say for the last half hour and then you need to actually warm up when you get actually to the yeah. into the game. What are we doing?
0: <laughs> yeah, this is true. Yeah. I, you know Tradition. It, it, tradition. Yeah, tradition. A That's little bit. That's all it is. Yep. Tradition. And I, I'm sure if you're a pitcher, if you're a relief pitcher and you're hearing us talk about this, you, you're like, no, I need I gotta get that connection with my catcher. I need to this is what I do. This is my routine. But like you said, you know, for the, for, for the good of the game, let's, let's maybe make some changes.
1: So what is appealing? What is really appealing about soccer? Two hours. That's it. You know, I mean, you wake up and the, your team's on at 8 o'clock. I, like clockwork. The game's at 8, halftime's about 8.50. 9 o'clock, the second half starts. I'm out of there by 10.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you, you know by, yeah, like 9.50-ish. You're done. That's so that's you can your say, commitment. You say, "All
1: right, I get it. There's no clock in baseball. I get it." But you can put clocks, little mini clocks, to to force pace. Uh, in, and, and I think it's gotten away from us totally. It's a great game. I, it's a great game, and you know, it's like an, your old neighbor, or uh, it's a comfort. It's comfort food, food to some degree every day, and it's its own chapter or whatever. But picking up the pace would be a good thing, especially if you wanted to bring a family to a game. Yeah. I mean that's a that's a hard venture for I would say kids that are four to nine. What are they doing there?
0: Yeah, <laughs> you're, happy, you're I tell you what, it's awfully expensive as a parent because you're buying them a lot of snacks. You're you're making a lot of trips to the popcorn stands and the hot dog cart to keep them entertained as a a parent that took uh my then two-year-old daughter to a twins game at target field a couple of years ago obviously there was no chance we were going to stay for the entire thing and we knew that going in i assumed we'd make it to maybe like the sixth or the seventh but you know pace of play it's about the fifth and we were done that was about as far as we could go and that's that's okay there's nothing wrong with that but you're, you're right though again for the older the older elementary kids who are you know should be excited about this like that's kind of when Hey, we're going to a baseball game. This is awesome, and the fact that you can't even make it, you know, to the seventh without it just getting to be like, oh man, this is this is too long. That's not great for the for the future of the game. Also, games starting at like, you know, playoff games starting at at nine p.m. No, I know. Again, crazy. Like again, let's let's think about this a little bit more.
1: So back to the Red Sox. I mean, I I I put them on like in the background, right? And I've got older kids, so it's obviously, but there's no way you can dial into a game. It's just too long. So, so I've watched some, I've watched some at this point, certainly more than last year where last year, I just felt like <laughs> that was just uh, that, that wasn't happening. So, uh, but at the end, you know, this year, yeah, they'll be okay. They'll be yeah. okay. I, I mean, they'll be in the mix for one of those playoff slots. They, 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 oh, they, they, they for sure will. So, yeah. um, so however that goes now, my other team, I, I think we're heading to the end of the Mourinho era.
0: <laughs> that was topic number two on the B side. Would you
1: say that's predictable? I know you've always chuckled and said like it, it, it almost gets less and less at this point in time. He just, he just blames his guys too much.
0: Yeah. I've seen the movie before. Yeah. Um, seen it a lot seen this movie a lot and it is very predictable that once you get to the end of year two the start of year three etc with jose it's it's run its course and the fact that again the the more sequels that get put out the less time you have to watch the thing play out to its full extent and we saw that this weekend they lose three to one to manchester united and there was some fun back and forth again in some sense as a neutral it is still fun to have him around because he offers up some fun little quips now and then and jabs and making fun of Ole or Solshar's parenting style and different things. But again, it's just not working out and you could see it from a mile away years ago when this hiring happens. I, again, I, I was just curious. My, I wanted to ask you just your thoughts on the state of your, your Tottenham Hotspur right now and what the plan is moving forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think they, they have a, uh, in the next week or so they play in the, uh, final of the uh, caribou cup and so uh you know i I, they're not beating man city if man city wants to win they're not and they will because they do win trophies like this past weekend i don't know what they put out against Leeds. i I really don't i i mean i didn't check it but my guess is it wasn't their a team because they're in the middle of the champions league which they probably really want to win at this point so so my guess is leeds was the recipient of a game in the middle of two champions league games so i don't get too caught up in that stuff but the reality of it is eh, yeah i i would say this here's what i would say to you so as um Derek was walking by the kitchen. My wife overheard. They'll lose three to one today. Eh, Ooh. They lost three to one.
0: On the nose.
1: You can tell they're, they're, there's no joy in Mudville. <laughs> oh. They are not playing uh, inspired football. So, um, you know, they have talent, but right now I, they're going to get to the end. And whatever the end means, I mean, they're still in the mix for a, a spot, wherever that spot might be. But they got to win matches, and I just don't know if they have it in them at this yeah. point. I don't know if they want to.
0: Mm. You're sitting in seventh right now. You get a big game against Everton coming up on Friday, who's right behind you in eighth place. And you know if you want to have any chance of creeping into a European spot, you gotta got to find a way to get a result.
1: Everton has struggled since they got off to a pretty hot start, I think. But um, they're not winning that game either. They're, they're not
0: <laughs> feels like a turgid like one one feels like there's like an own goal in there and then some kind of weird i we'll, we'll find out of course 25th of april by the way is that care about cup tie against man city a chance to win a trophy jose does seem to win trophies but it will be difficult against the city team that also also likes to win trophies and, and is just better right now much better
1: i'll tell you what they are playing very very well uh leads aside um but the uh um they got to be the favorites for the Champions League. I, 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 I don't know. I think even Bayern's hurt. I think uh, their best player, right, Lewandowski's out.
0: Yeah. So PSG beat Bayern uh, in Munich the other day in a crazy game, three two, killing Mbappe with a couple. So there. So Munich um, is on the ropes a little bit right now, and P- I mean. You just never know at this stage. You know, these two-legged ties, everything's up in the air. But City are certainly one of the top contenders, yes, to finally win a Champions League this year.
1: I think so. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, Poch with PSG will be interesting. I mean, they could lose to Bayern 6-2 to at home.
0: <laughs> they, they certainly could. They, they have done it before in Champions League where they had a great first leg. And then a couple of years ago, Barcelona had to win like 5-1. And they won 5-1, to so... PSG has a history of this, but we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. So Liverpool on the ropes too, by the way, after a really bad first leg against Real Madrid. We're going to find out. Midweek fixtures Tuesday, Wednesday, second legs all going down. Going to be fun to watch here today and tomorrow.
1: How are you? How is your health on your team? Not
0: great. Getting, getting a little better. Yeah. It, it seems like it's like one step forward, one step back. Uh, you know, we got... Diogo Jota back who's been really good he's kind of that fourth wheel in their front three that can come in and provide a different look but then they lost Jordan Henderson out for a more long-term injury so um, it seems like anytime they've gotten a little bit of their strength and depth back it's somebody else goes on the shelf so um, you know they picked up a really big win this weekend they were down one nothing to Aston Villa and came back in 1-2-1 yeah. with a really late goal from Trent Alexander-Arnold so they're still very much in the conversation. They're three points ahead of Spurs in that fight for maybe a Champions League spot. But they just have not been consistent. And they're playing better in the Premier League, but they really laid an egg against Real Madrid last week in Spain. So they need to come back from a 3-1 deficit at home. Not out of the question, but the way they've played, I, I, just, I think they're probably going to bow out here and then be able to focus on, on the league moving forward.
1: I, I think uh, Daniel Levy has a, uh, has a decision to make. Uh, let's just say in about a month or so. We'll see how
0: much he wants to pay Jose to leave. If he's yeah. okay with spending that money or if he's okay with watching this play out for another season. <laughs> That's what he's got to balance. The pain of writing the check or the pain of watching this team play.
1: Yeah, I've been entertained by Jose and actually really do respect a lot of things he does do to some degree. And uh, But at the end of the day, he, he really grates on his team's and I, he just—you can tell right now—they're—they're they're playing in a sense in fear. They're playing not to lose. They're—they're—they're just—it's just—it's just—it's—we're done. And I don't know who the—I—I literally—I—I I, I don't know enough about who potentially is out there as a, as a potential manager, but I. They've got to bring some, they not, they they haven't, they have some talent. I mean, they're, 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 they're okay, but right now it's not working. It's an
0: attractive job. I will give you that new stadium, which hopefully will be full or close to full next year. A lot of good young players, established players. It is an attractive position that someone who is a good manager would want to jump into. Someone like, like Murcio Pochettino, for example, would be a, oh, no, shoot. Sorry. You already, you already did that, didn't you? Today. We need it.
1: We need, we need the next Poch.
0: <laughs> you need the next patch. You need the next
1: patch. I'm not yeah, sure who that is. They're out there somewhere. Right? They're out there. They're out there. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't yeah. know. I, it's, it's <laughs> all good. I think it's the one, <laughs> it, it, the Leipzig coach maybe? Nagelsmann.
0: Yeah, we've talked about Julian Nagelsmann is kind of the hot name, but mm. we'll see. There's there's a couple of guys in Spain um, who have gotten decent results. The head coach of Atalanta is kind of a hot name too. There's some Ooh. different guys around the continent that maybe would catch the attention of Mr. Levy, but we'll see. We'll see if he goes, you know, <laughs> we'll see if he goes the Pots route or if he goes the Mourinho route and picks, you know, another another guy with a lot of tread on the tires. We'll see.
1: Where's Louis Van Gaal these days?
0: Oh my goodness. LVG? <laughs> <laughs> that would be the Mourinho route
1: <laughs> if you oh, go with, I know. with King Louis. I know. They, they, uh, you don't want that. You don't no, want, again, no, no.
0: comical, entertaining, not what you want.
1: No, we've done it. We've done that. We've done this uh, little little uh, experiment, and I think we're done. I think good we're times. done. So, well, hey, I appreciate you, Alex.
0: Yeah, appreciate you too, Bill. Thanks as always for for an entertaining hour of podcast. Good luck with you and the athletics as they roll down the stretch run.
1: Yeah, I appreciate everyone that's coming out to games, and uh, certainly we've got some uh, some some good ones at Apollo this week. Uh, and uh, Midco will be carrying them if you can't make it, but uh, come on out if you can.
0: Yep. Check those out. It's going to be a lot of fun. One other, by the way, quick plug. If you love UND athletics and love great stories, be sure to watch Midco Sports Magazine coming up on Monday night at 630 this coming week. We're going to be featuring a great story on Hunter Pinky, who's a guy that has made a huge difference in everybody's life that he's come across. Be sure to check that out. It's the 100th 100th episode of that show and a really special story on Hunter that's coming up Monday night.
1: Hunter's got a, uh, of course, there's a lot of things he can do in life, but one thing he can do is public address. And so Hunter was doing public address at softball this weekend and doing a fantastic job.
0: He did a little bit with um, Class B basketball when it was at the Betty uh, in recent weeks. He's a he's a really talented kid that can do a lot of different things. And we're excited to see where his future lies. So great guy. One of the captains on UND football this season. So awesome. On that note, Bill, hey, appreciate you. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Big thanks to our producer, Cassie Niles, to Bill Chaves, as always. I'm Alex Heinert thank you for listening to the Bill Shapes podcast and yes have a great week we'll be in touch